In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. Uh, this is Josh Buckley. My podcast Pokemon is... Travis Rats. Travis Rats, I choose you. Travis Travis Mon. Travis Mon. Travis Mon. Uh, <laughs> on Comic Exposure, we like to read trades and graphic novels, and we have people on, and we, we don't talk just like about them. to, we, we do. do. Yeah, I we guess it, it, you, we, it is a fact that mm. we read them, and we bring people on, and we talk about them. Uh, today, we have a guest, Michael Sobeck. Is our guest Mike or Michael? Mike? Uh, yes. Or Sobes. I'm so- just going to go Sobes. Sobes, Sobibor, Sobek. Sobe, like the, like the, like like the so- iguana like so- drink? Yeah, Sobibev. Yeah. I call him MS. MS shakes a lot. MS shakes a lot? Mm-hmm. That's good. Like he has MS? That's, I think it's that's... Mike Sobek shakes a lot. He eats a lot of shakes or are you saying he has MS? Cause I don't that's... know. Which way is less offensive? I think that he has a lot of protein shakes is less offensive than he has MS and he shakes, which he doesn't, but it wouldn't matter if he did or really? not. He could still you, be on the do show. Do you think it would be more offensive to Sobek to say he had MS or to say like he doesn't drink a lot of protein shakes? Like He's like, dude, what, what about protein? I, I are you saying I don't got protein? <laughs> I mean, I, I do drink a lot of protein shakes, so... <laughs> So today on Comic Exposure, uh, Sobek's on, and uh, he is a uh, fellow teacher of mine. We teach together, uh, and we had him on to read a comic with us. Uh, we read the first volume of Alex and Ada. Nope, sorry, wrong already. What? Does that say and? Alex plus Ada, okay. if you want. It's like an and, and, and whatever you want to call it. Uh, by Jonathan Luna and Sarah Vaughn. We read volume one, which I think is issues, issues one through four. Issues one through one, five. One through five. Yeah, issues one through five. Uh, so... Before we get into the meat of this story, before we get into talking about Alex and Ada, or Alex plus Ada, uh, we gotta ask. We have to ask Sobek the question. Do you want to ask the question, Travis? You usually ask it, so I'm gonna let. I'm gonna I will ask the question, so I don't talk as much. Sobek, the question is, how much can you bench? We ask it of every guest. <laughs> My mom came on. She answered the same question like as well. Two seventy five. I yeah. can't believe your mom could bench that. Yeah, and this is straight. This is a straight that's, bench. That's weird because I, I was listening to one of your podcasts earlier, and I don't remember uh, you asking asking them. Those Sometimes questions. we do it off mic. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, well, today when I was working out, uh, I did uh, sets of sets of ten at two forty five. Um, so I don't know. The last time I maxed was a while ago, but it was like over 300. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. It's a lot of plates, my friend. I can get the bar. I got the bar, dude. That's what I got. That's pretty heavy. So I don't, I don't bench. No, the bar to the door of the gym. Like you can just barely push it over. I can get into the gym and that's it. Normally I ask for someone else to open the door for me. It's impressive. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. But real, the real question. The real question is, uh, we always ask this. This is called comic exposure after after all. And we always ask guests to come in and talk about their, their first exposure to comics or their, their prior exposure to comics up until reading the trade for this week. So, what is your exposure to comics? What, what's, what's been your, what has been your exposure to comics? Uh, well, I don't have a lot of exposure to comics. My dad had comics growing up, and so when I went to, like, to visit their house or my grandparents' house in Ohio, uh, they had all the comics stored in the basement, uh, and I had a lot of like comics that well, I didn't I didn't ever really read comics, so I just like watched the movies and and like the TV shows and all that stuff. So like growing up on like X Men and all that stuff. Nineties Nineties X Men cartoon. Nineties X Men cartoon. Yeah. I think that's our age yeah. group, man. I think that's everybody. I forget that cartoon. How does how does I. How does that go? Um, wait. That's the one. Yeah. I've actually to to go off tangent. I've actually recently rewatched some of X Men, the '90s X Men, with uh, with my son, and it's it holds still up. Holds man. Up. It holds up. It's still good. Do you have it a new is, favorite character now as an adult? '90s as an adult. Um, you know what? I have like uh, Morph dies right away, but I kind of liked. But Morph comes back comes later. Back. Um, I hate Gambit. I think I hate, I don't I think I liked him when I was younger. Mm. But man, do I hate Gambit! Gambit was my favorite. I don't think if you watched it now, you'd be like, "Bless your child's a god." Then you blow it up, yeah. <laughs> you'd be like, "I hate that guy." I hate that guy. Anyways, uh, so you um, 
you, you were kind of having around the house growing up with your dad. Uh, were, you, were you reading them? Were you actively reading them? Do you remember um, talking with your friends about superheroes? Uh, playing pretend superheroes? What, what I'm trying, what we're trying to get to uh, is that I know you weren't always like a gym going, bench press kind of guy. Correct. So what I'm trying to get to, like, did, was were comic books a part of your nerdy high school past? I when you I had like a, your white guy fro in high school nerd. or junior yeah. high. It's true. I was a super nerd <laughs> with a white guy fro, uh, but I never really, I never really got into like reading comics. I don't really know why, because literally all of my friends are like comic nerds or like gym, gym nerds, now, yeah. gym buffs now. So, yeah. but I never really got into into them. I I got into like reading other things. Um, like real, real novels, real novels, oh, like that. You know, real yeah. novels. Real novels. Oh. <laughs> oh, I see you then. Well, let's talk. Was about there, was there, was there? Books, did you, did you, books. did you feel that there was a stigma to comics when you were growing up? Was there, was it something that where you, that you know, you, I, I think you, you said, you know, read real novels and that subconsciously, you know, suggest something to me. Was there? Did you view comic books a certain way as a lesser form of 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 art or literature or storytelling? I don't think I, I don't think I really viewed it as a lesser form. I just like I would go to the comic book store and there's just so many books. This is the same problem I have when I go to Barnes and Nobles. There's just so many to choose from. I'm like I don't know overwhelming what to do with all of this. It's pretty. It's pretty. And I, and I don't know where to start is really what it comes down to. So it's like what do, what do I where am I supposed to start? You can't just like pick up a Spider Man in the middle of the series and expect to know the whole backstory. I mean, uh, with Spider-Man, maybe. <laughs> Spider-Man. You, could probably, you could probably yeah. catch on. But I, yeah. I mean, we've talked about it before. Like the, the way that we number comic books can be daunting. But right now, uh, Marvel's going to go all number ones again. Uh, I think DC just went all new number ones again last month. So it's a good time to start over uh, and not feel overwhelmed. But um, So... Well, when Josh asked you to to be on the show and uh, read this book, like, what were you th- like going into this? What was what was your thoughts? Were you very were you open to the idea that I think this could be a really great story, or were you excited about like how did you go about reading it? Did you and you're you're an English teacher? Did you decide listen, I'm going to read this on a toilet, shit, like taking a shit, <laughs> or am I going to read this and really try to kind of break it down the way I would uh, a novel? Um, well, I definitely didn't read it on the the toilet. Um, I was I was excited when Josh first asked me. I was like, and he, we went over like a couple different things, like oh, what was the best one and the concept of this one. I was like, wow, that sounds like a cool concept, like kind of like the sci-fi aspects of it. Uh, and and then I just sat down and and read it on my bed. Do you, so like, do you read a lot of sci-fi uh, in general, or do you view a lot of sci-fi? Like, how familiar are you with the world of? Science fiction. Uh, I know a little bit about sci-fi. Again, my parents grew. Up, I grew up in a, a house where they were just reading constantly Heinlein, Asimov, and like all the all the great science fiction writers. Right. Um, I like get more into like the fantasy type things a little bit more. Right. Um, so like the Lord Harry the Potter, Rings. Lord of the Rings, yeah, The yeah. Hobbit, those types of things more so than the more so than the sci-fi. But I still have a. a, a as I got older, at least I think I grew into like having a greater perspective and like the uh, kind of understanding and appreciation for the the science behind it and like the philosophy, oh, the allegory that the, the it questions represents, that yeah, they, yeah, the Absolutely. allegories. So I was kind of looking through that and the the whole novel just asked a whole or I call it a novel see the whole <laughs> the whole comic you just kind of like we call them graphic novels here yeah, so, 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 so the whole the whole uh, the whole graphic novel the pic, the picture book uh, uh, it, it actually goes into a lot of like really deep questions about uh, like artificial intelligence and things like that so I was just reading through going oh like Part of when I was reading through, I was going, "What? What are they going to ask me?" On Part of it podcast? was like, "Would I? Have what do I? What do I, like, what do I need to? What do I need to know? What do I need to know? If she's conscious, or is it like, yeah. does she really have a sentient conscious? Like, does she have a soul? We, What's how the, do we figure what, that out? What is the meaning of life? <laughs> that's that's our first question about Alex Day. What is the what does it mean? Like, uh, forty two. <laughs> I mean, you're right. This 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 does bring up a lot of questions, which let's let's get to uh, right. after we do uh, our traditional. Um, uh, two minute two summary. summary. Do you have any uh, two minute summary? Who, who's up? I you? think it's me. I think it's okay, me. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I need two minutes, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the timer on. I think we're beyond the timer. Yeah, I think we're good. Okay, so I'm not gonna put the timer on. All right. So Alex and Ada is the story of Alex. Plus, and Ada. First of all, plus, you already screwed up your first. Oh, let's reset. Let's reset. 
Alex plus Ada is the story of Alex and Ada. Alex is a young man who's recently gone through a breakup that seems to have hit him pretty hard. And he has like a kinky, progressive, liberal grandmother who, uh, they're in a, they're in the, so I should say that this is in a future, uh, can't be too far away, right? It doesn't seem like too far away. A, mm-hmm. a near future where we have lots of technology, like cell phones implanted into our heads, computer right. screens that are essentially just like projections, um, and androids. Androids everywhere. Uh, androids helping people out, androids doing labor, all this stuff. Um, surprisingly, everybody looks pretty fit for having androids everywhere. So You're sidetracking yourself, okay, so Josh. Two-minute summary. So, uh, <laughs> so, so why we have the timer? Grandma, I see, yeah, I should have uh, Grandma buys Alex a... To cheer Alex up for his birthday, he buys... Uh, she buys him... Grandma Tarkin. Grandma. Martha, yes, from Star Wars. <laughs> buys him a... Uh, uh, an android named Ada that he names that. Ada and yeah. Ada is a female a very nice looking female android who is not sentient but apparently uh, there was some kind of robot viva la revolution and the robots up, was an uprising at one of the factories so they shut down sentient whatever and all the robots but the company that makes Ada kept it there they just blocked it Mm-hmm. And so Alex is kind of like, well, I don't know that I like having this lifeless corpse hanging around me. That's what he feels like it is. So he gets, uh, he finds some sort of underground robot thing and uh, gets her resistance. Yeah, movement, some yeah. resistance movement and gets her to come to life. I guess so. Wakes her up. She's sentient, and that's essentially where this first issue, this first volume ends, is with Ada waking up. Right. So that's that's the story. Joe. And do you want to give the uh, uh, authors and artists? Yeah, let's so let's talk about it. Jonathan Luna uh, is uh, the artist on it. He's also the writer as well. So he and Sarah Vaughn both wrote it. Uh, Sarah Vaughn, I think this is her first big book. So mm-hmm. she's like an indie comic artist. She does uh, some indie books on her own, like small comics. Uh, and Sarah then, K. Vaughn. Yeah. <laughs> so Sarah Vaughn. <laughs> Uh, is writing it with Jonathan Luna. And Jonathan Luna used to write with his brother and work with his brother, Josh Luna. And so they did a handful of books for uh, Image. So they did uh, Sword, Girls, and Ultra for Image. And that went from... So from like 2010 to 2004, they've been working with Image and they put out those three books with Image. Uh, Jonathan, who does art, uh, worked with Bendis and Brian Reed on like a Spider-Woman thing in uh, 2005 to 2006. He did that. Uh, This is really, though, uh, Sarah's first big book, and um, I haven't read any of Luna's other stuff. I've kind of just seen images of it. The art looks pretty similar all throughout. His style is pretty much the same from everything I've looked at. Um, But those are the two artists on this, and this volume one covers issues one through five. Uh, It's a 15-issue arc. It just recently ended, and the third trade comes out in August. Right. So we're kind of at the right time to talk about the first volume as the series wraps up. Yeah, and the the rest of the trades will be coming out, I'm sure, in groups of five. So two and three, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. First question up. You know, and this will go, Sobek, I'm going to have you uh, start this one off. I think a good way to approach this first is to talk about, you know, uh, uh, Ada is an android, and you talked about the, the placement of androids in this world. A very sci-fi concept, having adro- androids. It's nothing new. We've seen it done before. How... Uh, let's talk about the placement of androids in this world. Uh, what's believable about it? What's not believable about it? Is it... Is it a smooth transition into the story? Is it believable? Let's talk about the world building in the story from the standpoint of the technology uh, in here. So what did you think about the placement of androids in this? Was it was it too cliche? Would, was it uh, things you found original about it? About it? Um, I, I liked it. I, I, she kind of reminds me... Well, part of it was actually like was kind of like unbelievable in the sense it was just like she just got started and was like, oh, I'll just whatever makes you happy makes me happy, and like throughout the whole until she was (laughs) until she became sentient, and so like and that's one of the struggles that Alex had too is like, what do you mean? Like, don't you have like any thoughts? Can't you do anything for yourself? Um, And. that's one of the big like philosophical questions that we get into is getting into when you look at an android it's or or any robotic or or anything else it's where do they draw the line how much are they capable of thinking and so this one's basically programmed just to like and do whatever you 
like and do. Um, so I think from that point, it's just like a computer that's like walks and talks and that's, that's fairly believable. Um, it, it kind of reminded me of like data in Star Trek yeah, without right. the emotions, except he was like way more intelligent, I think. And then he has, I forgot what's his, what's his brother's name? Oh, uh, data. No, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. But I, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And they, they turn on like the emotion switch on, on him and all of us. And it's like, ah, it's like overwhelmed. So yeah. that's kind of like how I, I view that a little bit. I, you know, it looks like the when you look at the whole first issue, the whole first issue is essentially world building. That's all that first issue is. The first issue is essentially like he wakes up, he talks, and his lights come on or his alarm goes off. He says something, and the news pops up. He walks to his closet, and all of his robotic clothes come to him. Uh, he takes a leak and tells the toilet to, to flush or something like that. It's like the, <laughs> the whole beginning of it, the toaster. It's very Ray Bradbury. Yeah, it's really... Yeah, yeah. He, that whole first issue is essentially just this big, giant, world-building sort of thing. And it's it's really... it. I think it doesn't put you in a weird place, right? So it's not a lot to take in because I think a lot of science fiction... Like, I, a question I wrote down for us to talk about is, and we can get into this right now, uh, is this the future that we see normally? Well, I, you know, I think that, you know, to meld these two questions together, I think they did a good job of establishing that Androids are the social concern of this time period. Yeah. Uh, it is. It is. I think it's a global concern. We on the news every time he turns on the news, they're talking about some kind of android issue, and then he himself has to come face to face with a much more global concern. So we start uh, almost. Um, uh, macro with like oh there's all this news about androids and, and his grandma has an android and then we bring that issue into his home yeah yes which with it and himself. we do it he does it very quickly yeah. I think it's when the what's in the first one third of the first book the androids sitting in his home you know or maybe like the first half or is it I the think end it's right at the end of the oh the end of the end of the first book issue it shows up so the end of the the first issue you get that that great reveal of you know her yeah. or you know in the box and everything but um, I think. There's a, a good job of establishing, here's the world, we know that it's a world not too distant from ours, and we know that the primary social concern of this world is androids, which is going to be a thematic concern of this book, as uh, Sobek was saying. Yeah. Um, and so I think they got into that quickly yeah. and efficiently with me not having a lot of questions about, you know, okay... I didn't really want to know anything else about the world other than the issues with androids. Yeah, and I think that right. they so they use like a news report early on, and that's like an info dump. It's literally like a two a two panel info dump about what's going on, and then they do it again a little later when the when robot android have been beaten to death or whatever. And I think it's a really good way to do it. Um, Repeat your question again. Uh, the one is you asked this me looking so. looking at this. Is does is this a future we normally see in sci-fi? Does it does it remind like it reminds me of other science fiction, but it rem, it's 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 I guess what I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. it's less bleak than most modern science fiction we see. Right. It's kind of like the I think that's because most of the sci-fi that we're used to is like iRobot or like Terminator or things yeah. like that where where the robots become sentient and all of a sudden there's huge problems and they fix that right away because they talk about uh, like the news feed that you were mentioning yeah. uh, it talks about oh it was a year ago this robot became sentient and started destroying or killing all these people and then they go oh wait but that's not the reality of what robot sentience would actually yeah. look like we've we've experienced that since then and we've created laws to prevent it from happening and we've kind of protected ourselves against that um so in that sense it's like it's more of this like calming like peaceful like world and so the conflict becomes more about the the question of sentience rather than this big gory yeah, like violent action see i'm going i'm going disag- to so. i'm going to disagree uh with the idea maybe the word choice bleak i think it's less apocalyptic i don't think it's less bleak i think this is a very bleak future you think and so? i see we think we see that in the first couple of pages with his morning routine. Oh, I think it's he's I a think routine. It's, oh, I think you know? it's mundane. Yeah. I, don't, I like I what I, well, I what it looks like to me is have you guys seen Blade Runner before? Yeah. Okay, it's like sugar coated Blade Runner. Blade Runner is about an android, this guy who's hunting down sentient androids, and it's all rainy and dark, and it's always right. It's, yeah. It, this is the coloring in this is all very light. Everything's sunshiny. It's a very like 
it's suburban, but I think the tone is ble- I think the tone is bleak. I think the uh, oh, it's, the I think, environment I think it's is sad. I think there's yeah. definitely like some sadness in the beginning. Yeah, I think sure. I think that's more like Alex's life. The way that he looks at it is it it is very mundane because he's just, he's got that the his phone yeah. like, in his mind and he just controls everything with his mind. He like asks the car door to unlock and he locks the house door and everything is just like controlled with his mind and that becomes like very like like Travis yeah. said very routine and mundane and in that sense it's very bleak so it's like when you get to him meeting Ada he has those same problems he's like it's just another robot that's just very like she just does everything I yeah. say like everything he's else in my so life I don't want yeah. this yeah I it's like something his toaster, more right? from that robot life. who brings him yeah. coffee yeah except this one looks like a looks like a lady <laughs> right so right? The, and, and the humans like you said are, are, are more fit than yeah, you would expect it. Like, Wally. Yeah, I was gonna say like, Wally. Everybody's like fat because robots yeah, do everything. Yeah, right. But in this one, all of his friends are very attractive. None of his friends are like, "Oh, that guy's weird." I mean, everybody looks. You know, even the grandma looks pretty good for her age, yeah. right? The, <laughs> the only guy who's like unattractive in this is the, like the the hillbilly hotel. Yeah. Like manager. <laughs> You're like, where did this guy come? Yeah, from? but everybody else. Is, everybody looks pretty normal. Um, yeah. So I think that I think I think we kind of on the same page that. I think they do a good job of realistically portraying a future that, from our standpoint now, doesn't seem far fetched. Yeah, which yeah. which very puts true. me yeah. in this which puts me in this like this this future I can see this future very happening somewhere in the end of my lifetime. Yeah, uh, something you'll, similar you'll to this. Grandma. Yeah, you'll be that grandma with a robot. Yeah, I mean, there's no Buy, there's no jetpacks, <laughs> but there are cars that drive themselves, and we have you yeah. know versions of that right now. Yeah. You know, and we have. If you like every year, there's always a news story about some Japanese sex bot. Like, and you look at him, you're like, "That's uh, this is really gonna happen." It's, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. So let's talk about let's talk about characters in a story. Uh, so we t- kind of talked about the futuristic setting. Is it the future that we know? Uh, what do you What do you guys think of uh, Sobek? What do you think of Alex as a character? What What did you think about him? What are his, What are his motives? What do you think about him as a character? Is he well rounded? What did you get out of the book? Uh, well, <laughs> like like. Like Travis said earlier, I guess he's just he's kind of sad. He's just there, and he's trying to he's he's kind of dynamic in the sense that he's trying to figure out something more with his life. Like he mm-hmm. clearly wants something greater than the life that he has. He's just not sure exactly what that looks like. So he's broke up with his girlfriend a while ago, and now his grandma has given him this what's supposed to be basically a sex toy. That's what it looks like, right? Like his grandma's <laughs> yeah. definitely implying that he yeah. should be having sex with Come this on. thing. Come <laughs> on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and he's like this I I want more than that. So in that sense it's it's kind of like he's he gets into those those questions of like like what are we really here for are we really here just to to feed our our carnal pleasures and things like that or is there more to like relationships and things and he clearly wants something more than just sex from this robot because he wants like a relationship i think he wants he wants his girlfriend back right right. that's that's what it really comes down to he he doesn't even necessarily want ada he just he just since he has her he wants her to actually respond like a human. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I have uh, I have <laughs> I have issues with the character Alex. Okay. Just because I'm so sick of seeing this feminized male character, it's this like I'm this is what this is. This Alex could be played by John any John Cusack movie twenty years ago. Oh no, it's is totally, Alex. You know. It's totally John, um, like, oh, yeah, yeah. And like I, I I get it. You know, it's like this the five hundred days summer dude. It's like the yeah. I I it's. It's just we see him love sick. Like okay, I know this character. We've seen this character a million times before. And then you know the uh, the inciting incident is when he gets the robot, and then we're like, oh, like a spark of life back into this mundane thing. I I think he's so one dimensionally morose in a way that I think we we we're so familiar with. Like okay, I get it. Like we can get to it faster. If you're gonna use this, mm-hmm. I need two pages of. I just need the coffee wake. I'm like okay, he's love sick. Blah blah blah. Let's get to the thing. I I think that um. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't think he's a realistic. Pro- uh, what? How old is he in this? He's probably in his twenties. He probably is like late twenties. Late, 20, yeah, late twenties would be, I guess. So because he's got a normal job, he's got a decent job. Yeah, they, there's got to be more to him than just being lovesick. This depression just can't. I mean, they they target it as the ex girlfriend. Yeah. Like they, yeah. all his friends say, get over it. Everyone says, get over it. Go over it. It needs to be more. I, I needs to be more than that. It needs to be well, about ambition and about becoming who you're supposed to be and about these things. There's little hints of that, but every time you think you're getting a little window into that world, then it's like, 
well, my girlfriend broke up with me. Well, we're also we're also only five issues in, right? So fifteen right. issues. So there, I'm sure there's probably far more than. It. And I agree with what you're saying. I think like he's definitely that mopey guy. But I think the first, I think that first issue does a really good job of setting up. Not only is it his girlfriend that makes him so like depressed, but you're right. It's a future where everything is kind of done for mm-hmm. you. You have no purpose, right? Yeah. Do you see him work at his job in any of these scenes? He's too he's too lovesick yeah. to work. Yeah. But like he he's just, just well, staring at pictures. He's at, his desk, well, he's at his desk a couple times. He's at his like, desk. Well, he's like looking at news. Yeah, he's, like he's watching, like, news, watching news, listening to Jimmy Eats World. He's like scrolling, right? <laughs> That's all he's doing. Uh, but you know, I think I think like you kind of see you kind of see what he's up to. Um, you, you see that how he wants more, right? Like probably about issue three when he's like, "Come on, Ada, I need more from you than just this," right? You see yeah. him kind yeah. of like he wants to do something more. Um, what do you? My one, my one beef with the, and I think this is the only problem I really have with this five issues. And maybe it's maybe it it does it a little better later on. But it seemed even though that first issue is all world building, after that it seems really rushed. Did it, did it seem that way to either of you guys? Did it seem rushed right after? Because it seems like all of a sudden he's got this robot, and then like the next issue he's like, let's wake her up, man. I'm going to find I, out how you wake her up. I, I think that's true, and I think part of that is more like, like I guess that's Travis's issue with Alex's character, and my perspective is more like the story seems to be meant to be about Ada yeah. more so than Alex. So it's Alex is just this character who's there to wake Ada up, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then get into everything from there. And the problem is, even with the first five, it ends with Ada waking up, and you're just like, okay, well, like, what's gonna happen now? Like, <laughs> well, that's so... that's that's the problem. But, it's it's a problem we come across in the show a lot as we read the first volume of stuff, and we always kind of have to go, well, what happens after that? Last one we read, Southern Bastards, was like the perfect no vampire vampire. Last the one before that we read two uh, two sessions ago was um, Southern Bastards, and that was the perfect bite of a story, right? Even though it was the first volume in a multi-volume series, it was a clear uh, beginning, middle, and end. This one is a clear beginning, middle, and end of the story. I mean, it ends, you know, he's made that decision to do it, and you could end a movie right there. Yeah. yeah. Right? But we're left, because we built Ada up so much, and I kind of want to talk about, we can't talk about her as a character because she's not a character in this yet. Right. We don't get her as a person. We get her as a thing. She might as well be a toaster for this, you know, until the very end when she wakes up mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, I'm hungry. And she eats like a, a Snickers and, and, you know, she's awake. <laughs> but, um, I do think it, I do think it was, uh, it, it's, there are, there are the art. I think they're relying too much on the art to give you the epiphany moment of when Alex decides, you know what? I want to wake this girl up. Because uh, it's 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 more looks like the dog food when he comes home or not when she not dog food when she's waiting by him the door yeah. when he's driving and he's just kind of meditating on her he's not really there's not really dialogue in it and you could tell he's thinking about this woman but it wasn't there wasn't enough motivation for him to wake her up it, it flipped too quickly That's for the, me well, the problem is like That's, there's no time frame right so there's like a scene where he's trying to date her right so there's like a whole series of them doing stuff. So they watch a movie, and that's awkward, and then they're playing video games and, and all sorts of stuff. And I don't know if that's on the same day or not, or is yeah, it? Yeah, you're right. Is it? I think I think it's within a short period of time. But I'm also looking at the, the secret society who decides to help the, him like, wake him up. Yeah, like you've had it for like a week, and we're like, we trust you. We're like, have you thought about this? Have you really thought about this? He goes, I got her two days ago, dude. I've thought about this. I want to wake her up. Well, that's my thing. So maybe it was more, maybe it's a longer period of time and we just don't read it very well as a longer period of time. Maybe there's something I'm missing that gives us a date and time. I think like the thing where his epiphany moment is, is when he sees that video of the one robot who is awake, like he's just enjoying life at a concert. Right. right? The the mark on his hand. Yeah. And, and so that right there kind of flips it for him. But, how about his? How about his? Well, there's some other characters in here, and I'm just going to do this as. What do you think about? Uh, we just Travis, you mentioned. Uh, let, let's let's talk about as a character. Let's talk about this. Uh, Robot, the secret this society. Yeah, that was my, yeah, as, 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 uh, as Android general. underground. Yeah. So what do you? This this comes in. It's a, it's it's our first kind of like. Okay, there's more dimensions to this world. There's that you know that very sci-fi underground resistance that we see a lot. Um, 
What do you think about how they introduced that? As far as <laughs> what do you? Well, well, I want. I'm going to answer that question. I want to mm-hmm. mention one other thing real quick before that, though. When we're talking about it feeling rushed, even his decision to keep her because he calls and was like, "Hey, I don't want to. I don't want to keep her. I'm going to send her back." And then all of a sudden, like he's ready to pack her up, and then he doesn't. And there's like it just happened so quickly. There's I even like flipped back through the art and was like, "There's." A, where like, is, is this there a even longing is this look? In is here? there like what did I miss here? All of a sudden, she's still there and keeping her, and I think that's kind of like that the whole sequence. Then going into where he meets the the underground, he finds this this forum online in his mind because it's all like in his mind, and he tries to be someone like uh, different. So he's like like uh, like he. Anonymous. Yeah, he's yeah. completely anonymous, an and they're like, yeah, he's, so he has an anonymous avatar, and then all of a sudden he can't go into there anonymously, and he's like, okay, well, I'm gonna go in there anyway. So it's like it's it it does it seems rushed, and they it seems so willing to accept him right away, and then even when they get in, they're like, well. It, it almost seems like they're like, well, normally we don't just like accept anyone in here, but you seem really interested right. in all this stuff. Right. Like, really? Like, he just came up and was like, I don't really know what's At going this on. point, can you pick another adjective besides mopey to describe Alex? No, you can't. Curious, maybe? I, yeah, I would say he's curious. I would say, so here, he's got this. So we were just talking pensive. about that. He's pensive. pensive. <laughs> you just saw that moment. You just said, like, all of a sudden, I think there's... The art does tries to. You just said this, Travis. You said the art tries to do a lot of the storytelling, and it does. I think there's some moments in here where you get a lot of emotion from a couple panels, but there's sometimes where they do it and it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like it's not as it's not as it's not as meaningful as it wants. So you see him right before he decides to keep her. He's going to shut her off, and you see her face right. And I think it might have played well to show his face, like the apprehension to turn her off. Like, or eyes, because the yeah. soul, the eyes, the window to the yeah. soul. Do a couple close-up panels of those and realize and I, that. And I think, like, you just get, he's about to turn her off, and you're, I think what what both of them are doing in this book, they're trying to put us in Alex's shoes sometimes. Like first-person perspective. And so you're supposed to look and see that eye, that who looks like a person, and could you kill somebody? That's kind of like, because he asked him, he's like, what happens when you take it back? Like, oh, we wipe all their memory, and we just they just start over. And so for him, he's he's about to press a button, and, and for him, he's about to kill something, right? Something he believes or should be or wants to be alive. And it's, I just don't know that it's... Well, we don't know that what Alex's stance on humanity is up to that point. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not, it's... It's really it's undertone, mm. and I think that's where some of the disservices in this is. They want the they want some images to really speak to some of that stuff, but it's it's not clear enough sometimes. Yeah, and then it, it really gets into well, we we've, we've already established that the reason that he doesn't want her is because she's not real enough. Yeah. So if she's already a robot, and we've established that she's clearly just a robot with no sentience. Why, 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 why does he care? Why does he care? He just wants to get rid of her, and they're just going to wipe her memory and start over. Well, so I think like... that that's we're seeing it. <laughs> we're given like a we're given an internal conflict without any internal like there's no internal dialogue, right? We don't get that wonderful thing that comics can do. There's no box where he's going. I don't know if I should do this. You know what I mean? Right. We're just led to. We're just led to feel it for him or with him mm-hmm. without really seeing it. And when we get to my favorite panel, it's one of those moments where there's no internal dialogue. But I think it's the best It's the best shot of that in this book where you, the art tells you how he feels, but it's not stated clearly. And I think we lose that a lot in here. But that's my, that's my biggest beef is things seemed really rushed. It goes from... I don't want her to, yep, I'm going to keep her, to, man, it sucks that she's a robot, to, I'm going to wake her up. You're going to let me in? Awesome. All all within five issues. And I think that's part of this being a, so they set out to do, I read an interview, they set out to do 12 issues. So they're going to tell the story in, in 12 months, in 12 issues. And so when you do a limited series like that, you are caught in a time frame. So they ended up adding three more issues to it because they they just needed more time and so having not read any of it maybe the rest of it plays out less fast paced but these first five issues seem very like they're trying to get to something really quick right you know 
And I think you're absolutely right. It, it's the pacing I, for me it needs to be worked with at, uh, wise. Yeah. Now, oh, go ahead. I was. Just, it's it's almost like watching the the movie that you know, especially with a good comic movie. Like if you don't know the backstory, they they try to fit all of it into this really short time frame. Yeah. And sometimes you're just like, that, uh, it doesn't really work. But since you know it, you yeah. fill in the gap. They're relying yeah. on our prior experience yeah. with yeah. stories yeah. like yeah. this to fill in the gap. Yeah. To hopefully, I'm hoping, take you somewhere original well, that, in the next trade. That's my that's my, my only thing is, my only gripe is if the scene where he's playing video games and like watching TV and with her and stuff is one day, that's shitty. I like <laughs> If it were like, if there was something that said like week one week two, week three. And so I knew that it was him like dealing with this not being what he really wants for a, for a period of time. Yeah. But you I'm, wouldn't even return a vacuum that didn't work within two days. Like yeah. this guy is like, I'm trying to like, I want to go look back at that and see if he's wearing different clothes. You know, since we are like a, uh, almost a 40 minute mark here, I'm going to go ahead and I think the characters will come out as we yeah. talk about it. I want to talk about uh, so like what you mentioned earlier and I think what a big part about the, at least what I enjoyed about this book is the questions it raises. Um, so for what for, for for reading this book, what were some of the um, the questions that it raises for you that you found interesting to then take away and ponder on or um, you know um, to digest? What were some of the, the issues in here that really stood out for you? So I think the the big question is, um, just in terms of technology, how sentient you can be. Like, where does where does the level of consciousness become uh, actual consciousness as opposed to like the the computer, um, the computer basically just programming everything in. So it's like, can uh, can a computer actually be sentient? Can it actually think? And it's like the the fundamental scientific question. Uh, or, or sci-fi question in terms of how how efficient we can be with computers and and quantum consciousness and things like that, and then so it, it gets into that, and then when we when it it gets to the end, I, I really like like the that last book when she actually starts to become awake, and she starts thinking about um, fear and emotions and all of those things, and it gets into a whole different set of questions about. What is like our responsibility uh, to if if we awaken someone? Mm-hmm. Some it's almost like parenthood, except this is a, a fully intelligent adult that you yeah. awaken to. <laughs> so it's like so it's like finding that balance between that, and I think that that starts to raise a whole bunch of different like minor questions that come out of that too. For the qu- first question you raised, and I want to ask you this. Uh, you talked about you know a big issue. And I do definitely agree. This is, was one of the fun things to think about. This book is where does something become sentient? Like what, at what point do you cross that line, and and how far is that from like sentience to humanity? Where is that? Do you think that Luna and Vaughn? Do you do you think the the writers of this? Do you think they have an answer for that? Do you see them moving towards like oh I gotta feel it? You think like, oh, I think they're gonna. They're going to come to this conclusion about sentience, or have they have they hinted at anything that might might think that they have an answer for for that, or they have their own opinion that they're trying to get across? What do you think their the author's opinion is on sentience, based on what you've seen so far? Hmm. Uh, based on what I've seen so far, I think they have like a, a clear answer, but I think they also want the reader to kind of decide for themselves. I think the whole. That's why Alex is so like mundane and boring. It's almost like he's his his the character points out that all of our focus on technology actually takes away from who we actually are and our ability to to think and do those things. And then it brings in this android, which is the epitome of technology, and all of a sudden like flips it around and says, "Oh wait, no, technology can actually bring us back to consciousness if we allow it to." I'm, so, I'm kind of like. He- and we, we griped about this earlier, and now that we've kind of talked about them more, like, I wonder if Alex is supposed to be bland in one note, because we're supposed to be Alex. Like, we're supposed to... He's supposed to have not a lot, because we're supposed to fit in there. You can think back to when you broke up with someone, and how bummed you were, and how crappy everything seemed, or how mundane life seemed. You may not have been able to tell a robot 
flush the toilet. But like you went through like your your shit routine every day while you were dealing with it. So I wonder if like the blank characterization of him right now is just so we can sit in that character, right? So we can sit in and we're not used to I think as 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 male readers, we don't normally get that in in literature for ourselves. Usually for books where the where it's a man where a man is the male character, he's everything you want to be, right? He's like you think about like uh, something like Jason Bourne, or you think about like the Mission Impossible movies or something like that. Like you want to be Tom Cruise and outrun a freaking storm in the desert, and, and like you want all those attributes, right? Mm-hmm. And so this kind of flips that, and it's a really blank character for us to kind of sit in that person's shoes. I'd like to think I would think that, and I'd like to think that. If the other characters weren't so trope based, the 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 whack the kooky grandma, the sister who's overprotective, the the party friend, the gatekeeper in the digital world who's like, I don't trust you, but for some reason now I trust you, and we're gonna weed it. Like, I feel like yeah. if if there was if there was something that let me think that these authors were creating something, unless the idea is to make the only completely original multi-dimensional character the only unhuman character in there if that's I where the story goes that's interesting but as of right now I'm not going to give the authors that much credit <laughs> I, 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 I can see that I, I, I can see your point but part of me thinks that that's why he's so bland, right? Mm. Is that we're supposed to fit... I'd like to. That would be really and, impressive. And, if that, that is, that would be the greatest trick the magician, magician ever pulled, and, right? And feel like that. Yeah. Well, so, it, like I said, it doesn't happen to us a lot in literature, but I, so it happens a lot to women in literature. So if you go back and, I've like, Twilight, Bella is the most, like, blank character on Earth. And I know, this you're both you just, shaking you your heads at me. You just love talking about these I do. twittering but, vampires. But, but, like, what I'm saying is, like, I, so what I've read and things like that, and I've seen the movies, I've watched them with my wife, I've never read the books, but she's a real blank character or a character that any girl can, like, oh, that could be me. This could happen to me, right? Right. So she's supposed to be a real plain Jane and there's somehow someone sees something special in her. So I wonder if like he's right, like a Luke, like a I could use Luke Skywalker or something cooler as like a blank slate. But I don't think he's as blank. Yeah, yeah because yeah. like he has the Force. I don't. Have, he has something special about him. Alex has nothing special about him except that like he for some reason really cares about this woman who is essentially a toaster. You know what I mean? So he really has this love for Very attractive toaster. Yeah, very attractive toaster. (laughs) Put my toast in. (laughs) (laughs) But so let's 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 see, what did I what is something else I had down before we Um What did you think of you Travis, you mentioned this. His friends. What did you think about his friends, like the portrayal of his friends in this story? You don't get a whole lot from him, but what did you get out of it? Again, um very quick to accept like uh, the fact that, that he's my, got that an android bitch. in there it's just like it's so it, like this, I this world must be shit can crazy if everyone's just like cool my best bud's got an android you know but, like it makes you know that like that's how acceptable having androids that's is that's how yeah it's is. like your friends are like oh that's cool yeah She's, right. she's a pretty hot but robot. The guy dude. earlier that thing goes, I would never like who would do that? Like I would never do that. And then he doesn't he doesn't even like riff him at all. Like he, he's like a couple of panels a couple of pages before he's like, I would never do that. Like, well, you can't get like uh and then all of a sudden he's like, She's pretty hot, dude. <laughs> well, maybe he's like maybe he's speaking truth later on. Maybe he's like, Oh yeah, he, now that I see he her. He is the wacky friend trope. <laughs> now, now, that he's, now that I see her. I totally banger, right? Like, uh, starring John Cusick and Zach Galifianakis as the wacky friend. <laughs> let's let's talk about the art because we haven't really talked about the art a whole lot. Jonathan Luna, uh, Travis, give me one word that we use to describe Jonathan Luna's style. Um, uh, basic, basic. Uh, so bad. One word to describe his art style. Uh, Simplistic. <laughs> okay, so I, that would that, that's kind of the the feeling of all of it. It's a very simple art style, real clean lines, nothing too fancy. Everybody's face kind of looks similar in mm. in a weird way. Um, but I've never read any of his other stuff. But at looking at covers of other work that he's done, it looks all sort of very. It's his style for sure that he does. Um, but what I'm gonna say. Do you think that simple art style detracts or adds to what we've said is the mundane feeling 
of life in the future. Uh, I have it in my notes. I think it does. I mean, if, if done on purpose, it does. Um, it for me, it does kind of set that suburban, mundane tone, ah, kind of right. Um, but very vanilla, right? Yeah. You wouldn't say that his art is. I, I, he's a good artist. I, I I won't say that he's a bad artist. He's a good artist. But there's nothing like. There's no panel in there where I'm like, holy shit, he drew the shit out of that. You know what I mean? There's nothing where I'm like, wow. Can I tell you something that, that bothered me? It's yeah. going to sound very shallow, but it kept me from doing this. So I didn't find the like the, his portrayal of humans attractive at all. And so when Ada comes out, it's supposed to be this beautiful robot. And as me, as a reader, I'm supposed to be like, wow, like I could see the appeal for this. Yeah. And imagine if she was actually sentient. And I was like... Uh, I'm not feeling it. She's pretty. Cool. I'm not she's feeling pretty it. Girl next door. Yeah, she. I mean, yeah, she's. I mean, this the cover art on that one. That's that's the Ada that I that I want to see. Is uh, that issue? Uh, issue five. Issue the cover five. for issue five. When she wakes up. Yeah. But the rest of it, it's like, it's like creepy. Um, well, she's a robot, so I think he does. They're all kind of creepy. He does like a really good dead eye. Do you ever like the Richard Linklater films when he would do like animation, like Waking Life? And yeah. like not scanners, but like uh, uh, scanner darkly. Scanner darkly. Yeah. It reminded me of that, like that kind of like animation yeah. to it's it. It's definitely like it's very um, s- the color is very soft. Mm-hmm. The lines are very light. It's a very like flat kind of feeling thing. And on any other book, I don't know how I'd feel about it, but I like it in here because I I think it really adds to the like the the story. I think that plain art kind of adds to the. Man, this is just really meh. You know, like his life is blah. Right. So we, t- we read Underwelder Welder a long time ago, and that dude's art, Jeff Lemire's art, is like wonky as all get out. But I think it really served that More motion. story. The characters were able to emote better yeah. than, than this art style is. Yeah. But I would agree with you. There's not a whole lot of emotion in this until Ada wakes up. That's the first time you see any real emotion on anybody, is when Ada wakes up. And you see a lot of, like, pensive looks from Alex for the first four issues, right? Where he's just, like, looks bored and, like, like the most sad man on earth. Even the cover, he looks really bored and sad. So. <laughs> he, he does. He looks sad the whole time. That's whole actually time. probably the most attractive picture of, of Ada on the cover as well. I like how, Even like, the cover, I like the cover art is her with, it's like a veil. <laughs> yeah. So it's like this real sort of idea where he has a here's, veil. Here's my best description of this art. You ever open up, um, uh, you ever check the, the flight menu on a plane to <laughs> see right. in front of you? It does. It looks yeah, like, the, looks like, like the, the flight steward, like but all I, the flight depictions. But I kind of like it. Like I kind of like it. It's very yeah. simplistic, like pull the cord. Yeah, exactly. And then like bend forward and we're going to bend very stiffly at our waist. You um, know? But I think I think it serves Nailed it well. Nailed it, rats! Boom! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, so, aside... I, I, can, I, can I ask Sobek? Because yeah. I'm really curious about people, especially who are, haven't had a lot of exposure to comic books. Uh, you know, you know our friend Anthony. Um, you work with Anthony as well, who's on this. And we started talking about art. Uh, if you haven't read comic books a lot, you're probably not used to reading so much art with so much story. Did you find anything hard to follow? Did you find it complemented the story well? Like, as someone who's newer to the comic book medium, how was it having, like, reading? Did you look at the picture first and then read the bubbles? Did you read the, go right to the words and then kind of examine the picture? What was your kind of reading process for this? Uh, I mean, I don't think it really detracted me from it at all. I've read enough comic strips, I guess, that, that it, <laughs> it makes sense. Um, I, I, some of it, some of it, you get like really into like looking at the pictures and seeing like uh, like what's going on. Um, and for the most part, though, like I, I just read the words, words and, and the see words. what's going on and and look at like the faces and see like how things are are playing on. The only thing that really confused me actually was at the very beginning of the story, and then it just it it took me a minute to figure it out because they they use the bubbles, which tells you it's like his thoughts. Yeah, and then I was like, oh. And and then all of a sudden they stopped using it, and I had to 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 figure out that those bubbles were actually because he's got the the, yeah. the piece in his head, so he's thinking these things, not actually saying them yeah. and making them happen. Yeah. So, but outside, of, so I thought that was actually kind of uh, kind of cool how how they were able to play with that and and explain that as opposed to like 
Because in, in a regular story, he you have to be like, well, he he thought this part and the door magically opened, and uh, like well, that, that's so that's what it is, Alex, right? You, yeah, <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't do that as well uh, without without the images and without the that piece of the story, which makes it actually like you couldn't write this story as a regular story. Uh, you could, but it would people would just be like, oh, he was thinking mm-hmm. this, he was thinking that. It's just like the the dialogue and those pieces right. kind of fall apart. Yeah, the it, it would be, it would be called. So her, and it'd be, actually, it'd be a turn into the screen. You know, I never, yeah. I never watched. Yeah. Have, did you, have you seen her? Yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen it, but I've, I've read a lot of stuff. Where like, it reminds me of, or reminds of, of her. It brings up a lot of the same issues we're talking about: sentience right. and. Yeah. Um, but isn't it a yeah. cell phone? It's not like an Android, right? Isn't it? It's more of it's like a program. It's like a Siri. Okay. You know, like almost yeah. like a, but like a, like an advanced Siri yeah. that kind of can, can but like it's jump. not in a body. <laughs> No, okay. yeah, we. No. I think we actually talked about that when uh, you first were like, "Oh, here's here's, here's a, the story, Alex plus Ada," and, and I was like, "Oh, well, as long as it's and you explained the storyline, I was like, like, as long as it's not like her, it's like not like this phone." Ooh, because I said, no, it's to a me, body. it's yeah, my own mind. Yeah, like, Maybe okay, it's you know, as long you have... as it's the body because I don't believe I don't think you can fall in love with this person that's like on your phone that's like. Oh, it's this voice on a phone. Okay. That to me is unbelievable. This is a little bit more believable. <laughs> I just put so, my own mind. Guys, you ready for this? Yeah, let's hear it. You know, they have like Google Plus, which is like an upgrade. Yeah. What if it's Alex Plus? Like Alex oh. Plus when he's with Ada. Like Ada makes him a better version, an upgraded Maybe. version of himself. And I, I'd say that that's a very clever thing. But I think you also said earlier you <laughs> might be giving them too much, yeah. too much to yeah. think about. I think we are putting more on this. I think we should. I think they need to consult us before they finish the goddamn series. <laughs> it's, our, it's already finished. Oh, so well, I mean, there are the, issues. Here's in. the last thing okay, I want to talk. That's their loss. That's their loss. <laughs> here's the last thing I want to talk about for the art on this. One thing that I found was weird. Travis, you and I read a lot of comic books. The style and the the the. The way he lays out pages is a ton of vertical or horizontal panels. Mm-hmm. It was very cinematic that way, where it was like, here's a scene, here's a scene, here's a scene. All the way through. I know. It's a whole way through the book. It was a little tough at times. It was a little tough at times to deal with that. But then, at the same time, I kind of saw he does a really good job with it a couple points in the series where I'm like, oh, that's a really good use of those vertical panels. Sometimes it's almost too Frank Miller where there's so much, I need this panel because these people have to say 30 things and then I need this panel so they can say 30 more things. It made it a quick read because yeah, you're, you right. once you adjusted to the rhythm, yeah. boom, 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 yeah. you're just cr- cr- crushing it. Because there's not, when you do stuff like that, there's not of like, there's, we're going to pick our panels in a second. And one of the issues I came up with is there's no one panel where there's a big action piece. It's not an action story. Mm-mm. So there isn't, but there's no one panel where there's like a big idea or a big event that happens. Every event happens in four panels. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just boom, boom, yeah. boom. It hits yeah. it out there. Um, so let's pick. Oh, before yeah. we do the panel, I, this is a question that, that I've been dying to hear you guys' okay. response on. Who or what is the antagonist in this book? What is what is the what is the the the? I mean, there are conflicts in here as far as in here. What I put on my uh, uh, my notes, I want to ask, ask you uh, exactly what is the threat? What's the antagonist? I don't in think here? we have it yet. I don't think we have it yet. I think this is the first part of a story, and so we've got the set pieces. It's set up, and seeing some of the covers of the other books, you see, like one of the covers is them running and things like that. I think this government or the anti-android yeah. is what's going to play into it later on. But right now, you're right. There is no antagonist except that what he's doing is unacceptable. Right. That it's socially not okay. But you think, and we don't, we, do we ever leave Alex? Because you think, like, typically the way this would work is then you would explore, like, a hard-nosed detective who's, like, conflicted because an android killed his old partner. And, <laughs> you know, now he's against androids. But, like, he has a human heart, so he's chasing down these people. But, like, uh, as he gets to know them, maybe he's like, I'm going to let you guys go, you know, type of thing. Yeah. Like, and you'd see that, like, off screen. But we never leave Alex, do we? I think that's, I think that's, we are Alex, so we <clears throat> don't leave Alex. I think that's the way the story's running, is that we don't leave his side because we are him. So right. what he experiences is what we get. So I And like, again, you just said, maybe we're putting more into right. this than it actually is. But that's how I feel about it as I read it, is we never leave Alex's side. So we are definitely, that's who we're on this ride with. Maybe the second part of this, we follow Ada and not Alex as much. But right, right. now, we are... We are in Alex's shoes. Who would you want to be? What What do you want to see happen? Like if you If you had your druthers, like you, you've, we finished this at a cliffhanger. Like, 
you're like, oh, every time you leave the cliffhanger, like you have an idea of like it would be cool if it went this way. Like, what 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 would you want to happen with this story? Well, I would, I would, I would, I'd want Ada to just leave Alex and be like, "All right, peace." Ada on the next volume. No, Ada minus Alex. There's a whole new storyline there. I, I, I'm interested to see like what happens with Ada. Um, and I think there has to be they they kind of hint at different pieces that that are probably to come in uh, the the robot that uh, buys the concert tickets with a fake ID and things like that and so it's it's more about how she incorporates into this society and I feel like there's going to be some so, sort of societal backlash against this uh, and that the, uh, the, uh, what I would like to see is almost like a, a revolution where Ada becomes almost like a se- central to leading that piece and Alex is there as like her human support being like, no, they're not all bad. We have to accept yeah, sentience right. in, I think in it's some sense. I think it's definitely it's the like, yeah. <laughs> sci-fi trope to go with right, would be right. that. What I've read in interviews is that this is a romance story, right? This is a romance mm-hmm. story. Yeah. And so... That's how I want it to be. I want well, it to be a romance that's story. What I, that's what I want it to be too. I want, I want to her be... to fall in love with one of Alex's friends and have like an awkward moment. I will here. I wanna, here's what I want to do. I want I want Alex to deal with falling in love with a robot. What does that mean? I'm what are falling, the questions? Yes. Falling in. What does love. that mean for him to fall in love with a robot? Right? Because he knows she's a robot. He almost sent her back because she's a robot. So I'm curious, like, what his transformation is, and that's really what I want to see. Right. I want to see. I want to see Ada deal with emotions. Because I think that's kind of. I want to see Alex deal with emotions as well. But uh, that's what I want. I want, I want, I want, I want to see. I want to see. Have an emotion. Uh, how well, does he actually? That's what I want to see. Is I want to see like how much does Ada change the mundane, sad Alex we get? Well, we might get an Alex plus by the end of this novel. <laughs> right there we go. You've done All right, so we got about five minutes left. Just enough time to get through our favorite panels. This is a tradition here at Comic Exposure. Josh, why don't you kick us off this week? All right, so my favorite panel, and I, I always have this problem. You always yell at me for it. In the most loving way possible. Mm-hmm. I have a really hard time. This was... I, we always come across books where it's hard to pick a panel. This book, we are, I just already talked about it. Like, There's no one panel where there's a shocking reveal or something in a panel. But there's a scene in the first issue where he's at a, he's at a surprise birthday party. And like, it's not... I'm going to pick a page because I'm an asshole. So I'm going to pick a page. This is where I think Jonathan Luna's, like, multi, like, a bunch of panels with no words pays off. Because this scene of him at the party, you see him, like, interacting with friends. Then he becomes lonely. And then you see, like, everybody's coupling up at this party. And then he's like, I'm all by myself. And then who shows up? Right? Like, is that his ex-girlfriend who shows up? Or one of his friends? I don't know. Oh no, it's like one of his friends shows up, who always is late to everything. But he's like super alone. And you that's the one moment where I think Jonathan does a really good job with the art to tell the story yeah. that that you lose in other parts of the book. But yeah, I think it's the say anything moment. Yeah, I but I think that's the best part. I think that's the best um Guys. the best way his art plays out is in that piece right there. Uh Sobek, what do you got for your favorite panel for us? Uh, You're way at the end. You're way at the end. I picked yeah, like the very yeah. beginning. You got the end. What do you got for us? I'm I'm way at the end. I actually had a, had some conflict over this, basically because of the question that we we just answered before. There's like where I want to see it going, um, in terms of like there's there's one with the the actual android that wakes her up, and then there's there and I didn't pick that one because what what actually really interests me it goes back to the questions that it asks, and so I picked this one that's. Uh, it's about um, it's about Ada and how she when she wakes up and how she's actually starting to like feel all the emotions and there's nothing special about it except I just like the, like the what she says and what that represents. Um, Why don't you read it? So it says it says it scares me and it scares me even more that I feel fear and recognize it. Shutting it all out is easier. I understand. Or, or well, he says I understand off off screen and then. Uh, she says, "You do." So she starts to question that, and the reason the reason I really like that is because it it really addresses to me the philosophical questions of of even even when we are sentient, even when we're conscious of all those things, the more we become conscious of of and, and aware of our own fears and all of the, the the things that that come up for us, 
we become conscious of it and then we get scared even more of the fact that we're now aware of what our fears are. So, so I always say like self-awareness sucks yeah. until it doesn't. Yeah. So well, it's like, so she's becoming aware of this and she doesn't know what to do with it. And so it's scaring her even more that yeah. she doesn't know what to do with and it. And all she so. needs to know is that you can just put that aside, right? Like right. he's like, yeah, I know what yeah. this. And she's like, oh, so it's not just me who's Wait, afraid of that. Like, yeah. You that's, just, you can just do that. Yeah. You're just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It just, it's scary. All right. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know? So there's yeah. that really yeah. kind of clear, kind of poignant moment. Travis, why don't you tell us what you're, well, I, okay. I was going to say that, um, you know, I've been kind of harsh on this a little bit. Like, it, it, I don't like it. I actually like this book for exactly that reason. Those last couple of panels where where she's coming to life and he's trying to explain mm-hmm. this is life and it's tough and like I understand that you shut down. It's it's what you want out of this book because we, we read because we want to we want to be we want to learn from things or we want to be comforted by things or we want to be challenged by things. And what you have there in those last few pages is a parent trying to explain to a child how the world works, but doing it in a way that but not doing it in a way that he's trying to, you know, like comfort her or lie to her. He's like, this is, like, I understand how you feel. Like, I yeah. feel the same way sometimes. Sometimes it's easier to shut down. And if you can't get through this, you know, I'm here to, to, to be with you. And it's, it's, it's very, like, it's very profound. And it, it makes me want to read more about this. Well, it is the light at the end of the tunnel for me because there are moments of brilliant dialogue in here. I think, and I think that I have hope that between Alex and Ada, um, together as a, as the novel goes on you're going to have a lot more conversations like this right, and if right. you have more of these conversations I am all in I am buckled in I am ready to go yeah and I just wish they did they started that more they got to that first because from the get go I'm like wow this this has so much potential and you don't even see it start to break out and then until right. the end and then you're like or have him tr- done. <laughs> trying to have these conversations with his human friends and not right. being able to see so you're like, oh, he's, right. he's bringing up these really profound issues and well, they're being blocked. I think right. that he is right there. We've been complaining about how, like, one of our complaints is just him as a bland character and how he doesn't show a bunch of emotion. But he right there, I think he's also coming to the realization that, oh, yeah, life does suck, but that's okay. Right? right? So he's telling her it's okay, but I think at the same time he's having that epiphany too. So he's been shut down. So, so she's talking about, I just want to shut down. And the whole story up until this point is Alex being shut down. So he's right. shut it all off, right? He's closed in. He doesn't do anything outside of his comfort zone. He doesn't talk to anybody. He eats cereal by himself in bed. And, 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 and so right then, I think he, even for himself, wakes himself up. Right. So I think not only so is he waking her up, wake up. Yeah, it's like this duality that they're both, they're both waking up in that moment. It looks like he's a... Upgraded version of himself, almost like a Alex Plus. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before we we're ending it up here, before we turn to pumpkin, my favorite panel was the Cookie Grandma in Bay with the Android. Because I'm like, how does that work? Because I'm like, it's repulsive to me, but I'm like, I'm like, this Android has to give it up to this grandma every night, and I'm like, you know what? If my grandmas were still alive, I'd want them to have right? the pleasure of an Android want, every night. Yeah. And so I'm like, this is, you know, good on you, Grandma. You go get you some Android. <laughs> Travis, what? just admit that you want to be that grandpa one day. I do, you know, I do. <laughs> you like, yeah. Grandpa with a yeah. sex robot. Yeah. Right. Why not? That sounds perfect. Um, so here, here's, here's how I want to wrap this up. Um, would you... All three volumes. Uh, Ada, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would you? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> so this is uh, volume three. Just came out of this. Uh, would you? Do you want to read the rest of the story? It's it's a finite story. It is done. It's two more of these. Would you read it? Because it's fifteen issues. Yes. It's not a big commitment, and I think that there's if some were, really good potential if it were going. Why the last man? And it were ten volumes. You would say nada. Okay. All right. So, but it's three volumes. You can commit. You yeah. can do it. What, would you would you read the rest of it so I can see what happens? Yeah, because and I, I I feel shitty about this because at like I said at the very end that's when I'm finally intrigued and I want to read more. And, but that's the whole hard. rest of the story, the whole beginning of the story, I'm like I don't. This is just when are they going to get to it? But I, so now I'm like I'm like peaked. I'm like I have, welcome to the world I wanna, of trades, I my friends. <laughs> that's how every trade first trade ends. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So and Josh, how about you? So I, uh, I would recommend it, and I would t- I, I totally want to read the rest of it, and let me. Get on to the next thing. Uh, I want to read the next event. I think I'm going to order volume two, and volume three comes out on August 12th, so I'm going to get on that too when it comes out. Here's my here's my question to you. Uh, I'm going to start, and then we'll move around the table. Would you recommend it? Uh, I would recommend it to someone who doesn't normally read comic books because it's a story that they would not equate 
to a comic book. They would see it in a movie, they would see it in a book, but it's not normally something you read in comics, and I think it's a good way to get someone who goes, comics is superheroes, to come and read something that's not... It's not gory, it's mm-hmm. not off the wall, and even though it's sci-fi, it's not hard, weird sci-fi. Right. You know, I think it's I think it's an easy intro for someone who doesn't read comic books. At this point, I would not, with just one volume. I, three volumes isn't a lot to hand someone. If it was a really good, complete story, I would, and say, for those same reasons. But one, I don't think the storytelling is sharp enough. I think it relies a little bit too much on tropes, which can make things kind of... But like, that's boring. why I think it's good for someone who doesn't read comic books. But I mean, they read other stories and like watch movies <laughs> you know? but that's, what, but that's yeah. what I mean like it lets yeah. them it comes into a world that they wouldn't normally go into because so like, it feels comfortable so I kind of I kind of split the um, split between this because the fact that they do read other things means they, they would read this and be like Where, where's the story what's going on with everything else that's happening with this mm-hmm. and they might be turned off because of that if if I was going to read this again I'd be like look just, just read volume one so you get the exposition, you get your background, you know what's going on, and then just skip to volume to or not not volume one, the the first part. What is it? Chapter one? Yeah, I the guess. first issue. Yeah, yeah, the first issue, and then skip to issue five. <laughs> nice, <laughs> and then and then move on because issues two, three, and four is all this like he gets an android. Why like, well, he, he, he gets an android and he's trying? Yeah. He doesn't even have like sex with her or anything like that. Yeah. There's like nothing happens. He's just like. What's your favorite the, color? I don't have a it's favorite really, color. It's weird so, that we're saying yeah. that because we're yeah. also saying that it seemed rushed. But yeah. we're like it seems like you, like we both said, we all said that it's rushed, but then we also said, well, that seems kind of like you could probably skip it too. So uh, and that's I think that's because it's rushed that you can skip it okay. because everyone understands that part of the story. That's yeah. it's it's three chapters of his internal conflict that is that they rush through. To like so get you might as to well, something, might as well jump you might as well just jump right. jump to five and be like, "Oh hey, well, <laughs> figure out what's going on." And then we have turned into a pumpkin. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, this is Comic Exposure. Thank you for listening to us. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Comic Exposure uh, on the internet www.comicexposure.com. Uh, if you listen on iTunes, uh, give us a favorable rating. That's awesome. We'd like that. Anything uh, you want to plug, Sobek? Dobson2015! So, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next trade. Booyah!